0: And welcome to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, business and mindset coach, Kieran Lanahan. Welcome to episode 15 of the podcast. I wanted to start off with a quick update. I mentioned back in the intro episode to the podcast, episode zero, that my wife Dana and I are foster parents, and we've had our two year old basically since birth. Well, he just had a court date last week, and his case is moving forward in the direction of adoption. And so this most recent court hearing was something that we've been waiting on for quite some time. There's still a number of steps that have to happen before that would ever be finalized, but some of you out there have sent me messages and emails letting me know that you are praying for him and for us and for his biological parents. Just wanted to say thank you. Uh, We really appreciate that. We will keep you posted on any further updates, Uh, but we are excited. That things are moving, at least, because they were stalled for quite some time, partially due to COVID, partially due to shortages in the court systems and things like that that we don't need to get into. Now, today is a big day. We are kicking off a series about money and wealth creation and what it has to do with you and your business. Now, you need to know that words can't adequately describe how excited I am to dig in. Since December, when I knew that I would be doing a series on this topic, I've been anticipating it like I used to anticipate Christmas morning when I knew I was going to get that one present that I had been waiting for. And I only really cover topics on the podcast that I'm really, really excited about. And I haven't been this excited to cover a topic on the podcast ever. And so I want to share why I'm so excited for a few reasons. One, God has been working on this in me for a long time, and I've experienced significant change in my life with my relationship with money. Much of that transformation happening within the past 12 months. I've also worked with enough clients to know that I'm not the only one. Many people experience similar struggles when it comes to their relationship with money that run really deep getting into things like your sense of worth, identity, family of origin and things like that. In addition, this topic is one that is rarely talked about in the big C church, much to our detriment, I think especially as entrepreneurs. And when money is talked about, it's almost always related to tithing or giving and almost never in the context of entrepreneurship and wealth creation. And that leads to some really uh, dangerous things, I think, within the church and specifically for entrepreneurs within the church. All of that said, by far the biggest reason that I'm so pumped to talk about this is because I know that for many people, their relationship with money is a stronghold. It's something that feels restrictive and anxiety-inducing, and it's a topic that brings up a lot of fear And many people are nervous even listening to this right now because money feels like an unsafe topic to talk about. Maybe even so unsafe that you're actually kind of excited about this podcast because you knew you're going to hear somebody talk about it in an open setting. And I'll just be honest with you guys. This is not how God wants us as his people to relate to money. One You're a child of God. God certainly does not want his children to have a relationship with money, let alone anything that is characterized by fear and anxiety. Much like if you're a parent, you wouldn't want your child to experience this kind of relationship with any material objects or really anything or any person in the world. And two, this is a problem because you are an entrepreneur, one of the main things that is central to what you do for a living is make money and create wealth. Not being able to talk about money is a problem. And that's why I'm super excited about this series. Part of the reason that how we relate to money has so much power is because it's something that stays in the dark. It stays in isolation. We don't talk about it. We don't acknowledge it. We just kind of pretend that everything is okay and ignore it. And we all know that that is not the most effective way to approach anything in life. But I have good news. There is a beautiful vision for how God wants his people and especially entrepreneurs to relate to money. There is a freedom and a joy that we can experience when it comes to money and wealth. And I think very few people know that, and even fewer people actually experience their relationship with wealth and money like that. And it's dampening and it's limiting the impact that we can have as faith-driven entrepreneurs as a whole. It's like what Jesus talks about in the Gospel of Luke, where he says, no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand that those who come in may see the light. We have this tremendous capacity to bring light to the world through our businesses but as long as money remains a topic that's in the dark, that's not talked about, that's characterized by fear or idolatry or both, it's like our light is under a basket. That brightness is filtered down and it's not as bright as it can be. I have caught a glimpse of the vision, just a glimpse and a glimmer of the vision that God has for how we get, use, and relate to money. And my heart in this series is to help you see that vision as well, to be captivated by it and to be equipped to get you there in your personal relationship with God and with money. In order for us as faith-driven entrepreneurs to live into the vision and create the ripples that we talked about back in episode 12, we need a right and proper and healthy relationship with both God and money. They need to be in the rightful places. So throughout this series, from a very high level, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring awareness to where your individual relationship with money might be warped or broken or inaccurate or unhealthy and how this can affect your business. We're going to build some awareness and understanding of why it is the way that it is, right? What contributes to it? How did we get here? What were the forces that shaped your relationship with money? Because the more that we can understand that, the more that we can untangle that, the easier it will be to embrace what scripture and what God has to say about how he wants us to relate to money. Then we're going to also paint a picture of this beautiful vision that I'm talking about, right? How can we relate to it in a way that actually can be used by God to advance his purposes? And so we'll talk about what is a Christ-centered biblical perspective on money and wealth creation. We'll get some, of, we'll get into some of this today. And then all throughout the series, we're going to talk about very practical things that you can do to move towards that beautiful vision, right? Towards a healthy relationship with money and wealth in a way that honors God. Now, those are broad categories. That's a lot. And we're going to do that over a number of weeks. That's going to be accomplished kind of here and there throughout each of the different episodes. But for today, here's what I want to do to help just set up and contextualize this series for us as faith-driven entrepreneurs. I want to build a foundation for us to have a conversation about this. And so what that means for us today is this. We're going to set this conversation within the biblical narrative and context. So we'll talk about what are we called to as entrepreneurs and how does that relate to what scripture says just about what we're called to as people. And then we're going to dig into the three different ways that the Bible talks about wealth which is hoarding, distributing, and creating wealth. We'll get into what those mean. And then we're just gonna do some myth busting. We're gonna talk about two specific myths that might be affecting your business today, and we're gonna try to create some awareness around that. All right, let's do this. Let's set ourselves up with a foundation to work off of uh, in this series. So this conversation about money and wealth creation is rooted in creation, big C, creation, In Genesis, we see a God who creates everything out of love. And when he looks at his creation, he says, it is very good, right? He created a world that flourishes with abundance and diversity of living creatures. Throughout Genesis, we read that we were created in God's image. It says three separate times in Genesis in chapters one, five, and nine, that God created mankind in his image. To be created in his image and likeness means that we have his qualities built into us, built into the fibers of who we are. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, God blesses humanity and calls us to be fruitful and to multiply, literally to procreate, to create more life. And so when we look at the story that God is writing across human history, We realize that we, as humans, were created by a creator to co-create with him, to take the raw materials of this world and to make something of it. It's in our DNA across humanity. This isn't just Christians. That's why all across human history, beyond the need to simply survive, even in the wealthiest countries with the best of everything and communities where you're not thinking about survival, humans have always been Inventing, creating, and making new things. Heck, we even created money, right? Before that, we just bartered things for things. We can't help but create because we were made in the image of the one who created it all. Now, for us who are called to entrepreneurship, we're called to create in two different ways. First, to create goods and services for the benefit of humanity. And second, to create wealth. And currently, the primary way that we measure wealth is money, although it can also include land and other assets. And in other times in human history, it was livestock, for example. right? So we're called to create goods and services for the benefit of humanity and to create wealth. Now, throughout this series, you're going to hear me talk about this concept of wealth creation. What do I mean when I say wealth creation? Put simply... Wealth creation is when you create something where the end result is more valuable than the cost of all the resources used to create it, right? So we take the raw materials of the earth along with the knowledge that we've acquired to create products and to create services that ultimately offer value to the world. So for example, if you build a house and you pay for laborers and materials and the total cost to build the house is $100,000. Obviously, this example is not taking place in New Jersey. But after you build the house and you've spent the $100,000, it's actually now completed and somebody can move in and can live there. It's actually worth $200,000 to the market. You created wealth. The laborers and the people who sold the materials to buy the house received $100,000 from you. And then in turn, when somebody bought the house, you received $200,000 from the buyer. And the buyer received something that they value at least $200,000 worth, right? And so in this example, everybody's benefiting from the transaction. You took the raw materials of the earth, you took knowledge that you needed to be able to build the house, and you created something that was actually more valuable than the sum of all the parts that went into building the house. Now, the same goes for us who create services, right? We take knowledge and skills and experiences, that we've acquired, and we turn them into valuable services that benefit other people and organizations. When people work with us, the idea is that everyone in the transaction benefits. Now, the Bible talks about wealth in three different ways, one of which is bad, two of which are good, right? So the first one is hoarding wealth, which is condemned. The second is distributing wealth, which is encouraged, right? Giving. And then the third is creating wealth, which is applauded and commended. And so if we just look at those three categories, one basic lesson that we can take from scripture is that wealth hoarding is wrong and wealth sharing should be encouraged. But there is no wealth to be shared unless it has been created. This statement is from an organization called Business as Mission And I want to say it again because I remember the first time that I heard this and that I read it, I feel like it opened my eyes in a way that they hadn't been open before. Wealth hoarding is wrong and wealth sharing should be encouraged, but there is no wealth to be shared unless it has been created. Now today, what's important to understand, and one of the things that I most want you to walk away with from this episode Is that wealth creation is a holy calling. And some of you need to hear this, and I'm gonna say it again. Wealth creation is a holy calling and a God given gift. If you feel called to entrepreneurship, whether you knew it from the time you were a kid, or you've recently decided you wanted to be an entrepreneur, or God somehow threw you into entrepreneurship without you even realizing it, if you are called to entrepreneurship, you are called to create wealth. Now, we may all be called to create different levels of wealth, different kinds of wealth, but the reality is we are called to create wealth. It's actually one of the ways that we can reflect our creator. And it's important to note that not everyone is called to create wealth, just like not everyone is called to be a church pastor and not everyone's called to be a leader in a large organization. Not everyone is called to entrepreneurship and wealth creation, but if you're listening to this podcast, if you're hearing my voice right now, you are. And if being called to wealth creation is a new idea to you, I encourage you to spend some time with God, asking him to open your eyes and your heart to that call, because this can fundamentally change how you view your business and yourself within God's redemptive story that he's writing in the world. Many of us are comfortable with the idea of sharing our wealth. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But it would make zero sense for us as believers to be called to share wealth if we were not also called to create it in the first place. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 17 and 18 say this, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. This is basically saying that wealth and the ability to create wealth comes from God. And the reason he gives us the ability is to further his purposes. A great example of wealth creation being commended is Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 to 31, which I highly encourage you to read. And as you read it, it's going to drive home the point that wealth creation through entrepreneurship and wealth distribution, that these are God-given callings. All right. Now that we've established that wealth creation is a gift and a calling, one that you were called to, it's time for us to do a little bit of myth-busting. We are about to break this invisible barrier, this unwritten rule that many of us have lived by, that money is a topic that we can't talk about. Can we all just admit for a second that being an entrepreneur and being anxious around the topic of money is a little bit weird, right? That would be like a babysitter being really anxious whenever they're around babies or if the topic of babies comes up in conversation, right? Hanging out with babies is literally the thing that babysitters do. Creating products and services and creating wealth, making money is literally what entrepreneurs do. And so before God can do any heart surgery on us and heal any brokenness or money wounds in our relationship with money, step one is simply opening the door to the conversation, opening the door to let God in. And that requires making this an okay topic to talk about first and primarily with God, but also with other people. So let's look at two primary myths and then talk about how believing these lies and believing these myths might be playing out in your business and your relationship with money. So the two we're going to talk about today, one, talking about money is rude, indecent, tacky, taboo, invasive, and we shouldn't talk about money. The second myth is that money is the root of all evil. First, talking about money is rude, and we shouldn't talk about it. Here's how we know that's not true. The Bible has a lot to say about money. There are over 2,300 Bible verses about the topic of money or wealth. 11 out of Jesus' 39 parables use illustrations related to money, even if they aren't all about money at their core, it's worth paying attention to. And it should make us wonder, why was that a topic that was addressed so many times in scripture? And I was thinking about this, whenever we're packing up to bring our kids anywhere, if Dana put me in charge of packing the bag, she would ask me before we left if I packed the diapers. And this happens just about every time. And I was thinking, why does she do this, right? Why does she ask me if I pack the diapers? And if I'm honest, it's because I've shown a lapse in memory when it comes to this specific task. Now, if she had a lot of confidence that I would remember to bring the diapers every time, she probably wouldn't ask me so often. In the same way, I would guess that the Bible talks so much about money because it is the area of our life where we are most likely to get things wrong. And because money is actually the main competitor with God for the number one spot in our hearts. And we'll talk a little bit more about this over the course of the next few episodes, this concept of money being the the chief competitor with God for our heart. But first off, the Bible has a lot to say about money, and it is a safe topic to talk about. Now, of course, there are ways to talk about money that aren't beneficial or aren't wise. But the point is, there is no thing like the law of gravity that says you shouldn't and you can't talk about money. Secondly, it's such a broad kind of rule to be living by, right, that you can't talk about a topic. And if we think about the topics that are typically taboo, right, that are taboo in our society that tend to remain in the dark that people in general across society are not comfortable talking about... Those are the areas of life where people typically suffer alone and where a lack of conversation and a lack of ability to talk about these things actually leads to dysfunction and the breakdown of relationships, of organizations, of societies. Things like finances, pornography, mental health, sex, drug abuse. When these topics feel unsafe to talk about, I can't help but think that the enemy rejoices. Because these things become like mold and they grow in the darkness and they thrive in the darkness. And we can't possibly experience life that is truly life as long as certain topics like money remain off limits. Now, here are some ways that you might know that you might be living by this rule that we shouldn't talk about money. You're uncomfortable discussing your prices when talking to friends or family members about your business. When you're on a sales call with a potential client, it all feels very natural until it comes time to discuss pricing. And at that point, you get nervous, your body tenses up. Maybe the most common objection that you get with potential clients is that they would love to work with you, but they just don't have the money. And when somebody says they can't afford to work with you or that they don't have the money, that is the end of the conversation because you feel like it would be, wrong or pushy or salesy to continue the conversation, to ask any further questions or to dig in. Maybe you love goal setting, just not when it comes to setting specific financial goals. And I love this last one. When you see other people talking about money with a sense of freedom and curiosity, like they're not afraid and it's not bothering them, you feel a little envious. Like how how are they doing that? Why are they able to do that? When you are a service-based entrepreneur, especially if it's just you in the business right now, creating safety for yourself to talk about money, your financial goals and your prices is necessary to move your business forward. At some point, you will simply just hit a ceiling where you can't grow anymore until your relationship with money changes. If you don't feel comfortable and confident sharing your price on a sales call, people are gonna pick up on that and have less confidence investing money and working with you. If you're afraid to ask somebody on a sales call about their money situation because you think it's rude or impolite, and we'll do an entire episode on sales calls and handling objections, specifically money objections. But not only are you going to make less money in your business, you're also not actually serving the people that you're talking to as best as possible. Because when you're telling yourself that you're just being respectful By not asking about what they mean when they say, I can't afford it, or it's not in the budget. Or maybe if you're not telling yourself that you're being respectful, maybe you're telling yourself that you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. What's actually happening is that you don't want to feel uncomfortable. And the loving truth that I want to tell you is that what's actually happening is you're caring more about your own level of comfort than actually serving the person in front of you and helping them make an informed decision. I already took this example further than I had initially uh, planned on, but we'll talk about that in a future episode very specifically. But the point is you're missing out on opportunities to grow your business and you're also missing out on opportunities to best serve your potential clients by not being comfortable and not being willing to talk about the topic of money. So if you're realizing that there's discomfort, that there's anxiety when it comes to talking to a potential client about your prices or about their money objections, that's just a sign. Get really curious. Ask yourself, why is that fear there? Why is there the hesitation? What is the rule that maybe you're, you're living by? What is the belief that you have that's making it feel unsafe to ask about money? And then ask yourself, is that belief true? Do you want to continue operating? from that place. Now, on to myth number two, before we wrap up. Money is the root of all evil. Y'all, I, if, if I'm honest, when I hear people say this, I get first really discouraged and then honestly quite angry. Discouraged because I feel really bad that people are walking around the world with this understanding of money, which is potentially leading them to make unwise decisions for themselves and their family, based on a lie. And angry because that means they probably heard it from somewhere else, which means people are out there spreading this idea. And I sincerely hope that this is not coming as news to any of you. But in the case that it is, you need to know this. The Bible does not say that money is the root of all evil. What the Bible actually says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, is, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. The verse right before it talks about the danger of the love of money, which, again, we'll spend some time talking about in the next few weeks. But the point is, money is not the root of all evil. Money is neutral. It is not a good or a bad thing in and of itself, just like a rock is not a good thing or a bad thing in and of itself. It just is. What matters is how people use it, how people relate to it. The difference between money and a rock is that society has placed a ton of value on money. It's how people relate to money, right? Money is something that people have come to love and trust and put their security and sense of identity in more then they love and trust God or put their security and sense of identity in him. And that's the problem, the love of money. If people were doing all of those things with rocks, I'm sure the Bible would have said, the love of rocks is the root of all kinds of evil. Part of why I'm so fired up about this is because if you're an entrepreneur, any entrepreneur for that matter, and you are literally pursuing the creation of wealth and Making money through your business, but then you're also telling yourself that money is the root of all evil, you are signing yourself up for a miserable experience that is very confusing and full of a lot of tension and inner turmoil. Now, even if you intellectually knew that it was the love of money and not money itself that is the root of all kinds of evil, you might still, in some ways, be operating from this idea, from this false. Idea, And so here are a few ways that you might be able to tell that you're living as if money itself was the root of all kinds of evil. So if you see rich people and assume that they must be greedy, might be a sign. Maybe you've always felt like you wanted to create wealth, but you've learned to suppress it for social acceptance inside of the church, outside of the church, with family or with friends or whoever. So you've suppressed this desire that you've had to create wealth. Maybe you voluntarily tell people without them asking you that you're not in it for the money when it comes to your business. Maybe you tell yourself that your business results aren't what they could be, but you're not greedy, so it's okay to just settle for where you're at right now. Maybe you tell yourself you would make a great rich person, but then you don't put in the work to create wealth. Maybe you would set bigger goals for yourself and for your business, but you tell yourself that that wouldn't be God honoring. And lastly, maybe you think that you can't be content and have a desire to grow your business at the same time. Wealthy doesn't mean greedy. Suppressing wealth creation as a God given gift is like saying no thanks to God asking you to live out part of your purpose. Telling others you're not in it for the money might be a defense mechanism against the small part of you that does think you're in it for the money. Settling doesn't mean you're not greedy. Creating wealth doesn't mean that you are greedy. And setting bigger goals could be more God-honoring than setting smaller goals. Let's wrap up with a little bit of review. Wealth creation is good. It is a God-given gift And it's a calling specifically given to entrepreneurs. We are called to create in the image of our creator. Within the church, the conversation around wealth often centers around hoarding, being bad, or sharing and giving, being good. Wealth sharing is great, but there's no wealth to be shared unless it is first created. Thinking that money is something that we shouldn't talk about keeps our relationship with money in the dark. And when that happens, just like mold, our fear or obsession or idolatry of money grows. Thinking that money is the root of all evil is sometimes used by the enemy to keep you playing small, to keep you from creating the wealth and the products and the services that God wants you to create for your community and the world. And when we expose the lies that are underneath those myths, and we start living into the truth and the beautiful vision that God has for how he wants us to use wealth to actually advance his kingdom and advance his purposes. We as faith-driven entrepreneurs take that basket off of the light. We allow the light to shine. We become like a city on a hill. Some questions to reflect on and then we'll close. What thoughts and feelings come up for you When you think about the fact that you are called to create wealth, where are you uncomfortable when it comes to talking about money in your business? Is it setting financial goals? Is it talking about your pricing? Is it speaking with potential clients about their money situation? What would be different if you felt free to talk about money very comfortably with potential clients? I hope this episode brought some new awareness. I hope that it started stirring some things in your heart, and I I pray that you invite God to search your heart and to show you where he wants to make some changes. We are just getting started with this series. Today I wanted to give us a foundation to work off of. Now we can dig a bit deeper into a few different areas like idolatry and greed and the dark side of money, and generosity and stewardship and God's design for wealth and the beautiful vision that he has for it. We'll talk about how you arrived at your current relationship and understanding of money. What were the influences that shaped your thinking? And what can we do about it? There's plenty more on the way in this series and even after that. If you have specific questions around this topic, come and connect with me on Instagram at Coaching. I'll put the link in the show notes and send me your questions. I've been asking my audience to speak into the things that I'll cover on this series So if you have burning questions that you want answered, I want to hear them and I want to answer them. If this was your first time joining us on the Renew Your Mind podcast, I encourage you in between episodes for this series to actually go back to the beginning and start listening from episode zero and listen all the way through and catch up. You're not that far behind and that's how you're going to get the most out of this podcast moving forward. And lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode or this podcast, and you want them to listen to the rest of the series, send them the link to the show and invite them to listen along with you. That's all for today. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next Tuesday on the Renew Your Mind podcast.